Okay, so we've moved on. We told our pirate stories, and I look. I'm really excited to talk about wait, wait, wait. this next part. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I think sorry. this is really cool because um, and maybe this is what you were gonna get to next. But like the idea of things being lost over time, because you know something I learned is it wasn't just like you know the pirates and their evolving technology. They came up with a lot of things. Daiquiri. Daiquiri is an is an alcoholic adult beverage drink that originated on pirate ships because they would mix in the lemon and the fresh lemon juice with the rum and this, that, and the other, or cachaca, or I forget what exact particular liquor you're supposed to use. Dang it, my my sensei would be so disappointed in me. But <laughs> but like there are a lot of different recreational technologies that were definitely invented on pirate ships. And it's only because the pirates didn't share some of their secrets with like government entities and things like that, that it took so long for them to come across it more naturally, which, you know, there are a lot of technologies like that, that because of this, were just straight up lost to time. And I think, um, Jeremiah, you gave me a very great example of a piece of a, a revolutionary uh thing that was almost forgotten on someone's desk but because someone read a piece of paper on a dead man's desk it actually managed to manifest into modern day like science and life yeah what you're referring to is uh gregor mandel and his famous uh pea experiment where he was testing out different genes with peas right yes 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 all about those punnet squares. Yeah, so actually, like, a couple of notes on that, because that's super interesting and cool that you brought up. Um, one, we talked about the perfect storm of things. Gregor Mandel was super lucky, because the things that he picked happened to be on, uh, and if there's a biologist out there, you can correct me on my terminology, but different alleles. Um, like, the yep. things that he, he picked were on different part or chromosomes, were on different sections of uh of the plant like if he had picked traits that were on the same ones it would have messed with all of his data because they mess with each other so he happened to pick something that was really good and maybe he did that intentionally i don't know i don't know enough about the man but he did do all this research and he had sent his research to charles darwin gregor mandel passed away and uh, the only reason we know about his work today is because as they were cleaning out darwin's library or his desk they found this unopened packet that had all this information, which was actually like the answer to what he'd been looking for his whole time. Cause he famous for what was that? The origin of species. Yeah. Um, you know, other people at the time kind of knew or had an idea about what evolution was. He just had found a area in the Galapagos where you could really show, hey, these species were at one point the same thing very clearly, but he'd always been looking for like the mechanism of how that worked. And that was in Gregor Mandel's work. So the answer to his lifelong question was on his desk. I mean, Gregor Mandel also got kind of lucky because the characteristics in the piece, a lot of gene stuff is a lot more complicated. That's what I mean when I said, yeah, I got lucky is like. So so it was uh, conditions controlled by one allele and following really the simplest ways in which genetics work. Yeah, but hey, I'm glad that he uh, he went for it and happened to like stumble upon it. And sometimes it's just a happy accident, you know. Yeah, he's just a monk doing his his thing and ended up making a huge discovery. You know, I feel like monks don't get enough like not D and D monks. They get enough love, but I mean like old school like Franciscan monks, like monks who are staying in a in a monastery. They don't get enough love for how they affected the modern world. Like, did you know? Did you know 
that uh, some of the berries we eat today, very large berries like strawberries, raspberries, we didn't domesticate them until monks in like the, I want to say 1200s, either 1200s or 1500s developed greenhouses where they weren't contending with birds anymore because birds want berries that are small and easy for them to eat and thus they spread their seeds and humans want berries that are big so until greenhouses were made and we could control that fact berries were really small interesting fascinating yeah so here's all to all you monks out there who are all obviously listening to this podcast. <laughs> who are like, yeah, these vulgar guys who have ideas about cannibalism and assassin bugs and uh, small, adorable cat people who steal. Yeah, they're, I, they're on yeah, the straight and narrow. I mean, I'm sure they make up 90% of our viewer base. Pretty much. There was a point in time where I considered becoming a monk because I thought I had no choice. That's an interesting story for another day. Uh, yeah. Well, wow okay that's 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 quite a thing to just throw out there (laughs) okay that's a super huge lead okay so before we before we get wild into this how how are we feeling on stamina and time because i i really want to dive into everything everywhere all at once but if we got to hold off we got to hold off because i i want to give it the respect that it deserves we're probably going to be done in about 10 minutes, so we might not have the okay. amount of time you want to. We don't have enough time Sammy? to give it the respect, is, it, is my... Does that, does that story opinion. about you becoming a monk, is that like a 10-minuter? Nope. Dang. He just, he was up right there with the, nope. All right. Well, so man. How to kill 10 minutes. Uh, so I think we got to tell the story. So I actually, this this involves sort of the everything everywhere all at once thing is... Uh, Oh, I happen yeah. to be in the area where Sammy lives. We yep. happen to be out for a wedding, me and uh, a partner of mine. And uh, a partner, not the partner. Yeah, like a business partner, not like not yeah. like my Canadian girlfriend who made us coffee today. Shout out to Allegedly. Canadian girlfriend. Allegedly made us coffee. So we were just to be general, we were in the Colorado area and uh, we were tearing it up. And we met up with Sammy. We ended up uh, seeing an eclipse when we ate at this fantastic restaurant. Um, Blood Moon. There was a Blood Moon. Mm -hmm. And uh, we... Oh, Wicker Goth Girls were out. (laughs) Well, and we we ended up making friends with one of the people who kind of like ran the place. Mm -hmm. And we're just like having a good time. And they come up at the end. They're like, hey, I don't know if this would be your thing, but... uh, I, I'm having a party with the employees tomorrow. We're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, hey, you want to come along? And we're all looking like, oh, maybe. Like, that sounds pretty cool. We're having a good time. Like, it, this is correct, right? This is how we were informed, right, Sammy? Yep. This is and 100% then what happened. The, the follow-up to that, oh, after yeah. like 10 minutes, was they came back and they said, hey, by the way, the party's at a strip club. And we're like, mm, I don't know if that really does anything for me. And do, yeah, do you, we're too busy respecting you, Canadian girlfriend to go to this strip club party, party strip club, strip club party. Sammy, do you do you recall? Uh, can you give us the words for what we were told? What kind of club this would be? Ooh, um, I can't remember any words to give justice to what it actually ended up being. Here is what we were told. But it was supposed to be low key, right? Small party with friends, employees, very chill. Well, yeah, and I what I remember being told was that this was a, a special kind of strip club. It was a place where yes. it was all-inclusive, all body types, all gender associations were like, oh, 
all your favorite parts of the rainbow. Yeah, that sounds like a cool thing to support, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, friends, when we rolled up, um, and we're all looking nice because it's a party, we and find out. Right. And uh, and we find out that this is a regular strip club, which like, look, don't get me wrong. If you're into strip clubs, that's cool. But we've been led to believe that it's something else. Yes. We were going out of good faith to support and meet new people and have a good time. And from the, from the first few minutes we walked in the door, it very much felt like, huh, this does not necessarily feel as advertised. You know, I just hate it when I roll up to a strip club and the women are attractive. It's just a well, huge turn off. I'm t- the other people, this this other we club that's that. described to us could have had attractive people. Um, that's just, the, you know, it sounded like a more inclusive community. Well, as we walked in, we were very lost and looked so. And uh, a lady who looked like she was like the the club mom, like the one who takes care of all the, the den people, mother. If you will. The den mother came up and introduced herself and said, hey, I think you guys are looking for the party going on on the patio. And we're like, absolutely, party we are. I, I don't want to leave uh, what what city this was or anything, but in our area, what did we end up finding the party was for, Sammy? We ended up finding that the party was for a um, a very subtle, subtle group of um, swingers and doms and subs and the like. Could call it the kink community. Sure, sure, yeah. Was there a whole bunch of leather? No, like this was no, like the low key is, or latex. I meant this was just a regular party, just people showing up. You know, you have your sticker, you write what you're into, what your pronouns are. You know, and there's like a questions like, oh, if you were part of a fictional world, which one would you choose? It was very open, very chill, very relaxed. So it's like it's like we're people who are into different stuff, like come to meet and feel out other things. Which again, that's all fine. But it was definitely not what we were told or what we expected. Not what we were expecting at all. Yeah. So I think the the end of the story, which is great, is because we did we chatted around for a little while. We got to know some people. You know, we're being open. We're networking. Yeah, talking to people mean, mean some things. So we go back into the club and sit down and we all talk for a little bit. Like, okay, what do we want to do? The person who invited us didn't didn't show up <laughs> either. They like... Didn't come. We did get into contact with them, found out what was going on. They ended up getting drunk or something. I I don't know. It was weird. But while we were sitting, we talked to some of the dancers. And uh, long story short, um, I ended up giving dancing tips because of my circus background. So I was like, hey, when you do this move, put your hand like this. And they're like, oh, my God, that makes it so much easier to do. So uh, too long, didn't read. Uh, (laughs) We went to a strip club and where I gave coaching tips to dancers. This man could have gone full Simon Cowell, and he didn't because he has a good heart. But also, this man could have... I thought that was hilarious. We're we're three guys sitting here at a strip club. And quite literally, both Jeremiah and I are just analyzing their technique and just thinking about how we could do this better. <laughs> and Jeremiah gives some really, really good notes and good advice and everything. And I, I thought that was utterly hilarious. So what I'm getting out of this is Jeremiah is missing his true calling, which is being a den mother. Gosh, I would love that. I'd take care of those girls. I'd make sure they were eating okay. I wouldn't let nobody mess with them. Oh, no. Nobody. Nobody. The hoops you would leap through for your girls. It makes me think you of know like what? Chris Tucker from Rush Hour 3 when he pretended to be <laughs> Bubbles. Well, I haven't said this in a long time, but there was a time where professionally I did jump through hoops to entertain people. 
And people, I, yes, I knew it. I'm not talking. I'm not talking inconvenient hoops. I'm talking about literal hoops that I jumped through. I wish I had video that we could oh attach, gosh. but you'll just have to imagine it. Wait, whoa, what was that, Sammy? I said, oh my gosh, you're so punny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, OMG. Like, oh I'm God. totally lolling right now. <sighs> okay. Uh, don't well, you mean ruffling? Oh my gosh, you're so uncultured. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that just made me think. Uh so in high school, I had a science teacher who did a number of things, but one of them was he would laugh like, rah, rah, rah. Look, I'm a dude who, when I laugh, I actually go, ha, 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 ha. So I, I got no room to judge. Well, he would as use as- rulers to tickle people's armpits. Okay, um... I, he, I, he would take a ruler, he would stick it on the blackboard, and he would scrape it up and down, and he would sing, I am the rap master. This class is a disaster. Should I go slow? No, I'll go faster. Rah, 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 rah. That concerns me more than the part where you said he was tickling students with a ruler. I, I don't have a good read for what this guy was. He was a very interesting dude. I no, mean, granted, he it was a different sponsored. Time. He sponsored my brother's origami club. Is this the brother that I'm thinking of? Yeah. Yes. Huh. Thanks for the. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I like to think off. there was a point in time where like teachers just purely loved kids and they would tickle kids out of good fun and there was nothing weird about it because it was just like this parental bond of having fun. Oh, with there, there with kids. was. There was nothing weird about it. Yeah. Um, it feels kind of sad that we can't go back to that age of innocence where it's like, no, there's people who did these things, but it was perfectly fine. He would play around with a doll that was missing a leg that he called Eileen. Please bring this back. Say, he would always say, uh, where does she work? She works at IHOP. Rah, 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 rah. Um, Man, oh, since we're talking okay. about teachers that were funny or had a weird it, thing. This is the teacher I wrote a paper about farts, like the science of farts for chemistry class. I and the term I just put is in flatulence. <laughs> You're not wrong, but 50% of my paper, probably closer to 70, uh, was just pictures of cartoons of fart jokes. <laughs> He loved that paper so much he he showed it to his wife. That is act about it to his wife. That is peak achievement when you're when you're a student. It's like, oh, it was so good that they showed it to their partner. Wow. I understood the assignment. Was this your high school teacher? Yeah. So I feel like when you're a Damn. high school teacher, and you know, Lucas, I found out recently that you've had a lot of experience in that area. You can be a little weird, especially at some point, or you just do it to mess with the students. We had a high school science teacher at my high school who, uh, if you were using the restroom and standing at a urinal, the teacher would walk up to the urinal next to you, turn and say, how's your day going? And make eye contact, (laughs) which a lot of people are still upset about. But I kind of think that that's like a master, like really like I'm going to mess with these kids who don't know what to do. I love that. I also can't wait to see that turn into a sexual harassment case by some person. A Karen and their mini Karen. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of different. So, if you've ever wondered 
Okay, if you get nervous going to the bathroom or going when other people are around, this is how you assert dominance and you become comfortable. Now, women, you probably can't relate, but there there is a code to uh, choosing urinals for guys. It, that is it, true. It was pioneered in the Alphabet of Manliness by Maddox. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, there's a book. Okay. Yeah, where we, the book that uh, came out with, I'm dating myself here, when like I was in early high school, and that kind of humor was very accepted in the mid-2000s. I don't think it really flies now. <laughs> Sounds like quality unbridled humor to me. Um, it's Un, What's the word I'm looking for? Un, uh, unchained humor. I mean, if this helps you, B is for boners, and there's a illustration uh, sure. of a guy who has, wearing jeans, has a boner so hard that he's just set his mug of ale on it to like hold it up like as Man, a shelf. I hate it when that happens so that's like women who have a uh, big uh donks you'll uh, use them as uh, cup holders i mean is this a real one are you absolutely yeah, terrible no, like, for your back that's... and the other one is absolutely terrible for your dong <laughs> i mean yeah i mean having big but Donkadonks is is bad for your back. Yeah. Sammy, was it you and I while we were in while we were visiting you who uh, had the conversation about the trough urinal? Yes. Okay. It so- is okay. So for those of you who have ever gone to Oktoberfest in Oklahoma, and this might be dating me and myself for those who watch this in the future. There was a point in time where, you know, it's it's a festival. There's a lot of, you know, beer. Of course, there's bathrooms are always going to be full and a crazy time outdoors. So there's a, there's just like a massive area of porter potties, half for the dudes, half for the girls. Now, the first few times I went to Oktoberfest, you know, just porter potties. Lines were always long. Now, I have to I have to give credit where credit is due. You know, I am I'm not the biggest fan of Oklahoma just purely based off of personal experiences. However, Oklahoman engineering. It this was a part of me wonders the psychological effects of this and how eventually over my course of time in in university, instead of having just an array of porta potties on the men's side, they introduced troughs. Like the type of troughs that pigs and cows eat off of, and they hooked it up to some tor- some type of plumbing rig, and they and then they built like these um some two by fours so that people could walk up to the trough, set their beer and their stein on the on the wooden shelf, and then just pee in the trough. Now the first time, and you could it got to a point where you could tell who had never experienced this before because the first time it was very weird. As dudes, you don't know how far away to stand apart from another dude to like not make it weird and follow like the codes and the and and the etiquette. And then as the night goes on and more people get drunk, more people get used to it, and more people are just like fuck it. And then now you just have an array of guys. And this, you know, the lines on the guy side decreased dramatically. Dare I say exponentially. And all it took was convincing yourself that you were a domesticated animal and that this was perfectly fine. Standing shoulder to shoulder with your with your lads, taking a piss into a trough with your beer right in front of you. And you know what? The really weird thing that got very normalized very quickly was just talking to everybody while you're all taking a group piss. And if that's not what camaraderie <laughs> is, if that's not what freedom of friendship is, if there is not an essence of being American inlaid somewhere in in that interaction and experience, I don't know what the heck is going on. Well, you know what? We talked about lost technology for a while, and you said that this was not at Oktoberfest and then made its way. 
let's lost technology. Because I remember going to sporting events or big convention centers in, I don't know, it's, as a... They're still there at sporting events. At some like, of them. have you been to a Royals game? Yeah, like that. So they're still around at the big we sporting events where everyone goes to go at the same time. I'm from Nebraska. Nebraska had this for a Nebraska. long time in all of their big stadiums. So anytime that there's a break or even the convention center where there's a break and everyone goes to the restroom at once, everyone goes to the troughs. But I'll tell you what, just like you said, for that ladies line being super long, the guys never had that problem. There's maybe started to eke out of the men's bathroom, but then it's gone Oof. like that. And the women, they're still waiting when, you know, whatever oh, event is so starting mad. back up. You know, I'm I'm still thinking about how you talked about camaraderie uh, with the other guys going pee. And I think that is a good indicator of if you can't, you know, chill with the boys while you all have your uh, penises in your hands. I mean, are you even friends? That's true, Sammy. I went to the restroom with my penis in my hand while you were putting in your contacts. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, that definitely happened. <laughs> I, I now that makes me wonder if I'm better friends with Jeremiah than I am with Lucas. Lucas, a person being one that I have known for multiple years, I totally butchered this sentence. But you get my point. I'm I'm pretty sure we've both been in the bathroom at the same time. I'm pretty sure we both had our. I'm pretty sure we have. Hands. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Granted, with Jeremiah, it was just so memorable. Have you showered in Sammy's shower before? Because I have. Lucas has also showered in my shower before. There you go. We're setting the benchmark. Wow, Sammy, I didn't realize you were such a slut with your shower. You know I what, mean, Lucas? like, he really helped us there out. There are times cause... where you just gotta spread your legs and see what happens, you know? It's not easy out here in these streets. Especially well, guess, when you're not actually on the streets. I guess there's one thing I neglected to mention about that whole party debacle earlier about not getting the right information. We stayed in state for an extra day to do that under just false pretense. That. And, uh... <laughs> We needed to use his shower after uh, going on a strenuous hike. Oh, what a hike it was. You know, I've been thinking a lot about like the breathing techniques we've discussed, and I've been implementing an elevated level of that in my recent workouts because I'm training for a specific height that involves going up to a, I, I believe it's 2,700 steps. And during those, it's about two and a half miles. The elevation increases, I want to say by 2,000 feet. So breathing is definitely a huge part as well as pacing, you know, not even counting fitness. Um, so yeah, that, that was quite the hike. You know, it's not the easiest hike out there. And we got, we up, I want to say close to halfway. Well, I know that Lucas wouldn't have any problem with breathing techniques because I have seen him tear, uh, ideas, a new one for 30 to 40 minutes straight, almost without taking a breath, seemingly with no breathing going on. Maybe he's just pulling oxygen through his skin. Maybe he's pulling it through his ears. I don't know, but I know that uh, the amount that's coming out defies the laws of physics in terms of matter. Actually, that's the trick. He pulls it in from his booty pipe, and that's why he's always <laughs> so capable of spelling so much horse de do. There is something worse about calling a booty pipe than anything else. It's like those people uh, at the turn of the century who uh, practice the flatulence style of uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Well, it'd be a real shame to cut this 
uh, kick Lucas in the balls discussion short, but we are unfortunately running low on time. So thank you for tuning in to this episode, the continuation uh, from our technical difficulties from the end of our last uh, podcast session. Any last thoughts, any uh, last things we want to end this podcast on? Uh, look forward to an undisclosed podcast in the future where Sammy tells us not only about how he almost became a monk, but also how he's kind of like baby Moses. Wait, what? Exactly. We're all gonna learn something. Yeah. All right, pig boy, take us home. No! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I, I thought, thought we were free. I thought I had escaped we the pig boy. I thought we were done. no. I can't escape it. It's just every time I try to beat it down into the earth, it just, it gets new wings and it just takes to the skies okay. like the majestic pink creature it is. Straight up. Can we just like pause for like five seconds and then just have you squeal pause. and see how that goes to me saying, all right, big boy, take us home. And it's just you going like, River. <laughs> oh, God. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> okay we're just gonna have to get a clip of a pig squealing because you're not making this any easier i don't know how to do a squeal <laughs> let's just add it in post uh i'm just gonna have to take it from uh i don't know how to do squills just think of a like good cartoon and just be like <laughs> yeah you know, know what man it might just sound better, better in my head it might just work better to have a real like like pig squealing like just didn't put that clip in there. Oh, I th- or like I- a soundbite when Karens go re. It's usually pretty close. Oh, like Dio Brando. Love Dio Brando. Don't disrespect my favorite villain like that. Granted, that I was being serious. Accurate. I don't think. But I found out earlier. Lucas doesn't know who Dio is because we made some Dio jokes. No. It's okay. It's like One Piece, man. I would I would be I would love to have an argument about the greatest villains of all time and Dio Brando would be in my top three easy. Yeah, uh but we're cutting the podcast here, right? We got oh, enough. Yeah, that's, yeah that's enough end we, of things. We've all right, yeah, let's let's cut it here. Let's kill it like a pig to the side. <laughs>